Hey, this is Julie Mullins, co-senior pastor here at Christ Fellowship Church right here in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you for taking time out of your busy week to join us for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. At times we all find ourselves in a wilderness, a place where we feel isolated, forgotten, alone. And it's times like this that we can often get upset with God and ask, God, why am I here? Why have you abandoned me? You know, we mentioned in week one of the series that when God called Abraham to leave his homeland, that he led him into the wilderness. And it wasn't to punish him. It was actually to prepare him, to prepare Abraham for what God was gonna do through him and with him. And it was here in a deserted place that God had Abraham's attention, that he could talk with him about his destiny, about his calling, about his future. Here God could speak to Abraham and Abraham could hear the voice of God. Now remember that in the original Hebrew language, the word for desert, midbar, is spelled exactly the same as the word to speak, midibar. God led Abraham to the midbar, to the desert, so he could midibar speak to him. Last week we saw again that God led the Israelites out of Egypt into the wilderness, out into the Midbar, so that he could speak to them about a relationship that he wanted to have with them. And it was in a wilderness that David found himself many, many times crying out to God, speaking with God. It was here in the wilderness that he would write many of the Psalms that we have in the Bible today. And those Psalms are simply prayers often put to music as worship to God. Here in the wilderness, David would worship and his worship would connect him to God. Now there's a couple things that praise and worship does that's unlike anything else we do. First, the Bible clearly teaches us that praise is the pathway into God's presence. Regardless of where you find yourself, worship will take you from a wilderness right into the throne room of heaven. Psalm 22.3 says God inhabits the praises of his people. Now the actual translation of that verse is God dwells in our praises, that he is enthroned over our lives when we praise him. I like to say when your praise goes up, your God shows up. In fact, your worship is the prescribed pathway into God's presence. Psalm 100 tells us shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. That includes you and me. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and go into his courts with praise. See the prescription for entering God's presence is praise. And when you get in God's presence, things are gonna change. His power is there in his presence. It will change your problem. See, there've been so many times that I found myself in a wilderness, a dry and empty place where I felt empty on the inside. And what you do when you find yourself here is really important. And many times when we're in a hard place, we we tend to focus on the problem that got us in that place. We talk about the problem with our friends. We, We analyze the problem. We worry about the problem. And while a lot of that is absolutely normal, I have found that worrying will absolutely do nothing for the problem, except maybe make it worse. But what has helped? is when I stop focusing on the problem and I start focusing on the promise, the promise 
found in God's word, that he will never leave me, he will never forsake me, that he will carry me through whatever I'm going through. And see, every time I spend time worshiping in whatever wilderness I might be in, God changes my perspective. Because praise does that. Praise changes your perspective. And it carries you into the presence of God and you begin to see your problem in the light of God's power and greatness in your life. It says in Psalm 16 that in his presence is fullness of joy. That means there's an abundance of joy in the presence of God. And in Nehemiah chapter eight, it tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So if the joy of the Lord is our strength and there is fullness of joy in God's presence and the way that we are carried into the presence of God is through our praise, then praise is going to produce a supernatural strength in your life. As we worship God, we are strengthened spiritually in him. That's why we spend so much time on Sundays worshiping God together. It's the prescribed pathway into God's presence and the way that he wants to strengthen your life. Now, the Bible tells us that God is omnipresent, which means he is everywhere. In, in Psalm 139, David asks, where can I go from your presence, Lord? If I go to the highest heavens, you are there. And if I make my bed down in the depths of the earth, even there you are. See, God is is always present. But the Bible also teaches about the manifest presence of God. When, when God shows up in the, in the burning bush to speak to Moses, or the way he led the Israelites through the wilderness by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, or the manifest presence of his Holy Spirit on the day of, of Pentecost, when the followers of Jesus were gathered together in the upper room, worshiping and praying and seeking God. So you see, something powerful happens when God's children come together to seek him, to say, God, we're here for you. Our, our focus is on you. Our ears are attentive to you. Our hearts are set on you. Speak. We are listening. See, that kind of worship and prayer opens the door for the presence of God to be made manifest, to be made known in our lives, because praise is the pathway into his presence. Now, the second powerful thing that happens when we worship is that, that praise reminds us of God's power. We are reminded of who God is and what God can do. Listen, we, we don't sing over and over again about how powerful and mighty God is because he forgot who he is. No, we, we're repeating it because we forget who God is. We forget what God can do. We forget that he can move that mountain, that problem that you're facing. He can part the waters today that he is way maker, miracle worker, promise keeping God who holds it all together. And praise actually reminds us of God's power. And when you find yourself in a, a difficult place, a dry place, that's exactly what you need to be reminding yourself of, that nothing is impossible for your God. Now, sometimes you may come in on a Sunday and maybe your faith is strong and, and you've seen God move in your life that week. You're ready to go. But other times, if you're honest, your faith can get a little, a little weak. Happens to all of us. And the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter one, verse 12, I want us to help each other out with the faith that we have. Say that last part with me out loud. Your faith will help me and my faith will help you. See, as we worship together, that is exactly what's happening. 
When I'm feeling a bit down spiritually, your faith that you're declaring in worship, man, that helps me, it strengthens me. And when you're feeling a little down, my faith declaration is gonna help you. We're actually joining our faith together. That's what a time of worshiping together each week does. That's why it's so important. That's why you hear us say all the time, just, just keep coming back, you gotta get in this place. When you don't know what to do, you can always know where to go. And the truth is, sometimes when we're feeling weak in our faith or feeling a little discouraged or disconnected from God, church can sometimes be the last place we think about going. But it's the exact place that we need to be because it's in this place that we're gonna speak the word of life over you. It's in this place that we're gonna help you look up to God and his promises. It's in this place where you're gonna find people that are gonna pray for you and pray with you and encourage you and their faith is gonna strengthen your faith. You're reminded who God is and what he can do. And the third and powerful result of praise is this, that praise actually positions us to hear God's voice. See, we're talking this month about how to hear the voice of God over all the other voices in our lives, even above the voice of fear and worry that always seem to be right there, screaming in our ear. And worship has a way of silencing those voices and allowing us to hear the voice of God. There's a powerful scripture in the book of Psalms, Psalm 8, verse two, and it says this, from the lips of children and infant, you God have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and avenger. Now that verse tells us that God has ordained, established praise for a purpose. It'll silence the foe and avenger. So who's he talking about there? Who's, who's your foe? An avenger, it's not that person at work that you're thinking about right now. No, 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 he's actually talking about your spiritual enemy, the devil that has come to harass you with fear and worry and doubt and praise will actually silence his voice, your praise. That word silence is the same root word as Shabbat or Sabbath, which means to stop and rest. So what this scripture is telling us is that when you praise God, your praise makes your enemy stop. He has to take a Sabbath rest, which means he cannot do his work while you're praising your God. The devil has to literally shut his mouth and listen to your praise. And when his voice is silenced and fear and worry are no longer there shouting at you, it's easier to hear the voice of God, the truth of heaven being spoken over your life. Now, now that's probably why David worshiped so much in the wilderness. You see, for years, David was on the run, avoiding King Saul and, and his armies that were trying to attack him. There were times when he was in the wilderness, he nearly lost his life. Times he was completely overwhelmed and, and didn't know what to do. And fear and worry was right there shouting in his ear. And that's when he would begin to worship. Psalm 63 was one of the Psalms that David wrote in the wilderness, most likely on the run from King Saul. He was desperate for God to show up. And these are the words that he prayed. Listen to this prayer. He says, oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I've seen you in the sanctuary and I've gazed upon your power and glory and your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. 
for you satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. Now, now notice in that declaration there, he says, oh God, you are my God. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. It doesn't matter the situations and circumstances I might be in. You are my God and I am gonna trust in you. And then he declares that above everything else he's seeking after, he's seeking after God. Like a man that is thirsty in a, a desert land, searches for water. See, David allows his suffering, his loss to actually stir a hunger on the inside of him for God. His focus was on his soul. God, you satisfy me as with the richest feast. What David desired most wasn't a deliverance from his problem or provision for his need. He wants God's presence in his life. He declares the, the goodness and faithfulness of God over his situation. Think about it, he, he chooses gratitude over grumbling. And even though he's on the run, man, he's running after God. He doesn't allow his present circumstance to diminish his view of God, but instead he allows his, his big view of who God is and all that God can do to put his circumstance in the right perspective. His praise gave him a different point of view. Worship reminded him that the God he trusts is bigger than the problem he faced. I was questioning my next steps. I was questioning just life. It felt like everything around me was kind of just crumbling. I was in worship and this, they were just singing this song, Beautiful Jesus. And they got to the part where they're saying there's something about the name of Jesus. And it just reminded me of just growing up, always hearing there's something about the name of Jesus, calling on his name, mountains move, demons tremble at his name. It was through that worship where God spoke his truths over my life. It was through worship that I was able to experience that freedom and that healing that I've been longing for for so long. When we choose to just silence the noise that are, is around us from work life, family life, or even just the battles that we're facing internally, us being in His presence, being in the moment and just listening for His voice where we're able to just feel Him, hear Him, and be able to know what it is that He has for us. I'm someone that wears a lot of hats. I uh, do a lot of investments and stocks and real estate. I'm also a dad and a husband. And one thing that I struggle with, like, like anyone, my mind runs in the evening. So there are many times at night where just a lot of weight comes on me. And so I'll wake up 3 a.m. And when I wake up and I have all this thoughts running through my mind and this uncertainty, I will get up out of bed. I will walk to my living room. I will set my phone down and I'll play a worship song. And I usually get on my knees open my hands and just say, God, here I am. I need you to show up. It's something that I do and I can honestly tell you, after my time of worship, five, 10, 20 minutes, it gives me a sense of peace, comfort, and also a sense of confidence to know that I'm not taking on these worries by myself. I'm going with him beside me and most importantly with him in front of me. So it was about 12 years ago when I um, first had a, like a, a radical experience where I encountered Jesus and since then my life was completely changed but I'm still waiting for specifically one other person to have that encounter and that's my dad I remember during um, worship a couple weeks back we were singing believe for it and in the bridge of that song she says you are the way when there seems to be no way if you've been saved for 
a while and you've been praying for one specific thing for over like eight, nine years, you may start to get a little weary in it. And as I started singing, You Are The Way When There Seems To Be No Way, I just saw my dad having an encounter with Jesus. And it was a reminder for me to kind of like, if there's a way for him to be saved, Jesus is the way. And I was just so passionate about it that I just start like screaming at the top of my lungs, singing the song. And then the song changes and it goes to another part that kind of bolstered my faith even more. They begin to say, if you said it, then I believe it. I know that I can believe and that he is going to have an encounter with the Lord. And it's during these type of encounters during worship where I can just quiet all of the noise that's around me. Just, I don't have to focus on anything else except for what the Lord is singing and saying over me and over my family. And this is just one example of many times where God has proven himself to show up and meet me right where I am. Anytime I just devote myself and turn and focus on him during worship. Man, I love Brandon's story, right? Because our praise is powerful. And you need to know this today. You need to get it in your heart that the praise actually, as Pastor Todd said, positions us to hear from God. But in order for us to be in a position that can hear from God, we need to talk about our posture. And so real quickly today, I want to just talk about the posture that, that you and I, whether you're in this room today or you're with us at Christ Fellowship everywhere, how your posture actually makes all the difference in your worship. And so the first posture that I want to talk about today is the importance that if we're going to experience the, the powerful praise of God that, that we know that we need to have this posture that we stand we stand. Now, now some of you, you you're like, oh, we, we've done that today. We, we've stood. But some of you at Christ Fellowship everywhere, you've laid, you've sat. And so it's why we encourage you, wherever you're joining us from, that you'd stand with us. But it's why we stand in this room, because we stand for things that matter, don't we? I, I mean, Starbucks matters. And so we stand in line for coffee. So you were wondering where I was going with that, right? I mean, some of you, you stand in line for donuts, you stand in line for a, a ride at Disney World. You'll stand for hours for things that matter. Maybe you'll, you'll stand at the wedding. As that bride begins to make her way down the aisle, everybody stands to give their uh, attention and their, their recognition and responding to the bride and groom. Um, some of you, you will stand in sports arenas for the entire game because you are that into it. Now, I'm from Syracuse, New York, and we have this tradition in the Carrier Dome that, that we stand at the beginning of the first half and the second half until one of our Orangemen, Syracuse Basketball, scores a field goal, uh, 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 scores a shot. So I was going to say a field goal. That's not what I was going to say. So, but uh, scores uh, the, the first bucket. And I've got to tell you, the way this year is going, we stand for a long time in the beginning of the first and second half until someone stands. But we stand because it positions us to hear from God positions us to, to respond. Now, surely there are times in our life where we step into worship and we actually fall to our knees or even as my father-in-law often says, his son, I need to get on my face before God. But there is this common posture that we have to stand and we stand because it positions us 
to be ready to hear from God. And we stand first because it's a recognition of his presence, a recognition of his presence. I love the story in Exodus chapter 33. It's the story of, of Moses. He's been leading the children of Israel. They've been wandering in that midbar, the desert, for 40 years. And there's this story that there was, uh, was a cloud, a pillar of cloud by day and a, a fire by night that would lead them. And Moses would often go out to a tent outside the camp called the tent of meeting. And he would meet with God there. Listen to this. In Exodus chapter 33, verses 8 through 10, it says, whenever Moses went out to that tent of meeting, all the people would get up and stand in the entrances of their own tents. Get that image in your mind. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. And as he went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover over at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. And when the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. I hope you caught it today that, that whenever the presence of the Lord went to meet with Moses, the people would stand in attention. It was part of what set the stage for Moses to, to hear from God. And so we stand in recognition of his presence, but we also stand in, in response to who he is and what he has done. We, we stand today in, in gratitude and appreciation because of the kindness and the, the goodness, the, the gentleness of our Lord. This is what Habakkuk chapter three, verse two says, Lord, I've heard of your fame and I stand in awe of your deeds. Amen. So we stand today in recognition, we stand in response, but we also stand today in respect yes. of his authority, yes. in respect of the power of God and who he is. There's a story of Nehemiah, that great rebuilder in Nehemiah chapter eight that paints a picture for us this is what it says in Nehemiah 8.5. It says, and Ezra stood on the platform in full view of the people. And when they saw him open the book, they all rose to their feet. See, the book was the, the word of God. It was the voice of God. And the people stood out of respect of the word of God to hear the word of God. Uh, I want you to think about that kind of respect and authority. Think about it this way as maybe a courtroom with a judge and the bailiff gets up and says, all rise, please welcome the honorable Judge Wapner. Now, I grew up in a Judge Wapner generation. I know there's some Judge Judy folks out here, but you know, uh, everybody would stand for Judge Wapner. Why? Because he was the man in control. He was the man of authority. He was the man of position and power. But can I tell you today, higher than any court judge is our heavenly father who has the ultimate authority, who has the ultimate control. He has the power. And so we stand and recognize who he is. And so we have this posture that, that we stand, but there's another posture that we take to, to hear from God. And it's the posture that we look up, that we look up. We look up physically because it spiritually represents that we are shifting our perspective from what is temporary to what is eternal, from what is seen to what is unseen. We look up. And I've got to tell you today that when you and I look up, 
there is something that we're declaring about our lives, that there's nothing that we can do to change it, but only God can do it. I love what Isaiah, the prophet, writes. He says, look unto the heavens. Who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each other by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. See, worship, it gives us the proper perspective to not look simply at our problem, but to look at the power and the significance of who God is, and it invites us into his presence. Doesn't always remove that problem from us, but it reminds us of who is with us in the midst of our problem, in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our trial and grief. That's why you and I need to look up. I love what the psalmist says in Psalm 121. He says, I look up to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. In 2018, Rhonda and I had the opportunity to go to Israel and we stood on the southern steps and we took the photo that you see behind me. And on these southern steps, there's a tradition to read from the Psalms of Ascent. And on each step, you would read a psalm. There's 15 steps and 15 psalms. I just read from one of the Psalms of Ascent, Psalms 121. And if you look out those hills behind you, when these psalms were written, those were the exact hills that the writer had envisioned as they wrote those psalms. I look to the hills, where does my help come from? Why? Because the enemy would have been encamped on those hills. They're smoldering fires that you would see at night in the dawn of the morning. The enemy was not too far away, and so the psalmist would look to those hills and ask the question, where does my help come from? I, I can tell you that the help wasn't coming from the hills themselves, but the help was coming from the maker of heaven and earth. This is the image that you and I have when we look up, and of all the postures that we take in worship today, I think looking up is most contagious. In fact, I would challenge you this week, wherever you go, you step into Publix or your grocery store at work and just look up and watch what people do around you. They'll just start looking up with you. Can I tell you that your praise, as Pastor Todd said, it's, it's not only going to help you, it's going to help others around you as well. I've got to tell you today, I'm so grateful for the praise of others in my life that have shown me in the midst of their suffering, in the midst of their pain, they knew that this was temporal and there's something eternal and they would look up and they would lift up their hands in worship and position themselves to hear from God and they taught others how to do it as well. And so we have this posture of standing, we have this posture of looking up, but we also have this posture to lift up, to lift up, to lift up all for the glory of God. And so what do we lift up? Well, I think the first thing that we lift up is our voices. And I think some of you probably struggle like I do. Um, you can't sing. <laughs> and so you might come into a place like this and say, I'm not gonna let my neighbor hear me sing off key or out of pitch. And sometimes we refrain from singing or opening our mouths in this place, but you sing so loud in your car or so loud in your shower or you sing in other places. Can I encourage you today? It might feel unnatural to sing in this place or wherever you're joining us from, but you need to lift your voice. You need to begin to allow that song to come forth from your heart. Psalm 95 says this. It says, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us sing joyfully to the rock of our salvation. 
Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing songs of praise to him. We today in our culture will lift our voices for just about anything or just about everyone. But we should be lifting our voice loudest when it comes to worship of our heavenly Father. We should know more about our passion, about his presence, and about where we ate a great burger before the Daniel fast ever started. We should be singing and declaring the praise of God. We should be lifting our voice. The other thing that we should lift today is our hands. We should lift our hands. And maybe you come into a place like this and you're like, why is everybody asking a question. Why does everybody want to ask a question? Why is everybody lifting their hands? I actually think what we do with our hands has a lot to say about what is the condition of our heart in worship. Lamentations chapter three, verses 41 says this. It says, let us lift up our heart with our hands unto the God in the heavens. Now, for some of you, this whole hand raising thing might not make sense. And Some of you might consider yourself a rookie or even an expert. I brought uh, a graph today to show you where you might be uh, positioning yourself here when it comes to raising it out. Don't don't get offended now, anybody here. This is where some of you just might be a rookie. You know, you just kind of do the the slap here. You know, some of you might be there. Um, Chuck, you're probably a heartburn guy, aren't you, Chuck? Sometimes I see you like this, you know, over your heart, a little... A little heartburn there. Um, I love personally the Rocky. I feel like that's Pastor Todd right down here on the front row. The fists are in the air, you know, the Rocky mode. And so you might, you might find yourself on that chart, but there's a couple actually some bonus positions as well that um, are not on the chart today. Some of you, you're just like bowlers, you know, you're just, you just kind of like this, you know, you kind of got this hand out here, you know, others of you, I, I call you my pizza makers, you know, you're just kind of, you got this kind of thing right here and everyone gets a pizza. <laughs> All joking aside, what we do with our hands in worship really, I do believe, has a lot to say about the condition of our heart. You know, children, they raise their hand in dependence upon their parents. And soldiers, when they're getting ready to surrender, their hands are up and surrender. And as followers of Jesus Christ, We raise our hands in dependence and surrender, saying, God, you are worthy of our praise and our attention. So we lift our voices, we lift our hands, and finally, and I think most powerfully, we lift the name of Jesus. We lift the name of Jesus. I think about Lauren's story that you heard just in the beginning there was Lauren was talking about when something shifted inside of her when she began to declare the beautiful name of Jesus. And in John's gospel, Jesus makes this declaration. He said, if I'd be lifted up, I'd draw all men unto me. Of course, he's talking about being lifted up on the cross, that he would draw all men to him all women to him, all humanity to him. But see, Jesus' death on a cross is actually what gave authority and power to his name. One of my favorite chapters in the Bible is Philippians chapter two. And there Paul talks about how God bestowed on Jesus the name that is above every name. 
Paul writes that because Jesus became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross, that God placed on him the name Jesus, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow on heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And you and I, if we're gonna position ourselves to experience the full powerful praise, you and I will declare the name of Jesus over every situation, over every circumstance, over every area of our life that we need to declare his name. Because I believe today that in our worship and in our praise that that God actually wants to speak to us. And so we're gonna put this into practice. I wanna invite you to get in a posture to hear from God. So would you stand up across this room today and wherever you're joining with us for Christ Fellowship everywhere, would you stand? And if you can today, would you just begin to look up? Looking up today is a physical, symbolic act. Let's look up to the heavens from where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And I wanna invite you today to begin to lift your voices and to begin to lift your hands and to begin to lift the name of Jesus as we enter into this time of praise together. And so God, we stand in this room today. We stand and we look up to you. And we begin to declare the most powerful name of your son Jesus over our lives today and over every situation. We position ourselves to declare your goodness and to hear of your promises and your faithfulness. And so we sing to you today. Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441-441 and then select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, just make sure that you subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to all of you who so generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's really because of you that everything we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.